Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up this Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello and welcome to A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. I'm your host Josh and with me today is Spencer. Hey Spencer. Hey, what's up? We are going to guide you through minute 37 of A Talking Cat. So in this minute, actually pretty pivotal, um, Susan and Phil meet for the first time. Uh, well actually I guess they meet on the tail end of minute 36, but uh, they really um, have the start of their conversation in our minute. So basically to kind of catch you up from last time. Uh, Phil, you know, was out uh, for a uh, walk, and he somehow transitions from this sort of semi-tropical location to sort of a vociferous forest in the Pacific Northwest and stumbles upon Susan's house. And, and um, uh, so, so anyway, our minute begins with, um, they've already met in the previous minute, and she sort of picks up and asks if he got lost or was perhaps mugged. From there, uh, you know, he he basically says that he's not, uh, he hasn't really developed good hiking skills yet. And uh, then they move inside to uh, have some have some water and sort of chat. Um, so it kind of seems like it's a really quick minute, but this is the f- you know first time that they're actually having a conversation. And so it is pretty important to the narrative overall. So let's uh, so let's just dive right in. I have a few notes on. Um, some things. Uh, obviously, the big thing, and, and they probably brought this up in the last minute as well, but, uh, you know, La Cucaracha playing in the background um, is, yeah, it's, it's sort of a slightly slowed down version of La Cucaracha, which is just a strange thing to soundtrack budding romance. Is La Cucaracha copyright? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that might be one of those songs that's sort of public domain and they can just use it any way that they see fit. Um, there's not, I, I don't think there's like a Mildred and Patty Hill of La Cucaracha who demands money anytime that's played in a, in a, in a movie or a TV show. You know, she, <laughs> I like that at the beginning of our minute, she sort of makes this snap judgment on Phil, like yeah. basically asking if he was mugged because why else would he look like that? If if something violent hadn't happened to him, it, it feels like a serial killer is trying to lure his victim into like a, a sense of comfort. A little. Yeah, yeah. I'm this uh, bumbling dude who's just wandered up to your house, and I'm obviously sweaty. And you can trust me. Now invite me into your house for water. Oh, uh, the the mom Susan or whatever. The way she's framed, her arms look like insanely long. <laughs> well. Framing it's actually really interesting in this whole minute because even though I think that this was probably not one of those productions where you know you had these big actors who couldn't be in the same you know shot on the same day, 
they don't frame either of them in the same shot. So it looks like, you know, they're miles away. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Phil just happened to film his stuff on one day, and Susan happened to film her stuff on one day, and they just had a a PA or a grip or someone pretend to be their arms when they needed to shake hands. Like it looks like it's from twenty feet away. I mean, you know, this movie is obviously you know fairly low budget, so it's probably not like. Um, uh, what's the actor who plays Phil? That's gonna that's gonna bug me. Johnny Whitaker. Yeah, that's right, Johnny Whitaker. It's not like Johnny Whitaker was on another movie and couldn't be there on the day. I'm fairly certain that the the lighting is all pretty consistent, and you know, it's not like super crazy that that it looks like maybe they filmed it separate days. It's just a very strange way of filming. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they actually did a good job hiding the fact that they are not in the same scene together. They talk outside for a second, and then she invites him in, and they talk a little bit more. Has uh, They have some water. And, you know, that's pretty much it, but, but it, is, it is pretty important. I mean, we do get a random weird shot of, of Duffy, uh, when they're when they're chatting, yeah. What where is Duffy and all this? I I think he's supposed to be on their couch, but I get so lost trying to go back and remember where Duffy is because he seems to get from the mansion to what we've been calling the poorhouse, uh, pretty quickly, like relatively fast. And it it might be you know obviously this this cat magic that he has that's helping him that's helping him get get uh, from place to place relatively quickly. And then you know Phil has that weird comment towards the end of our minute when she's asking about um uh, asking about his son Chris and he's like he's 17 going on 67. <laughs> and it's like I I mean I guess that Chris is is obviously kind of he's got a lot of that teenage angst and and ennui but I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't strike me as a sixty-seven-year-old man. He's more a little sexually confused. He's going to be a nice boy in a couple of years. And then, of course, Susan closes out the minute, kind of, you know, bringing up that she also has uh, two kids who are the same age, a boy and a girl. Um, and and honestly, that's about it for our minute. But you know, again, it's pretty important because this is sort of the the meeting of the first real conversation, at least between Susan and Phil. And obviously, that's going to be a big factor in in minutes to come as they sort of develop their relationship and their relationship with e- with each other and it, and it's kind of the I guess this minute is also sort of the signifier that's bringing these two these two separate families together and uh, you know they're gonna I guess begin their begin the second half of the movie as a some sort of team uh, <laughs> but but yeah do you have anything else that you want to add about this uh, about this particular minute or anything that you noticed? That was kind of strange or off-putting. The spice rack in that kitchen was uh, very tiny. It had like at most ten things on it. Uh, well, actually, you know that's a good point because the one of the last minutes I was on, we discussed kind of how her again how her kitchen is probably not laid out the best way possible for the work that she does, and and for her being a you know a chef who has to, you know, create a lot of food for a bunch of clients. It doesn't it doesn't seem like she has a lot of things that she would need to do that properly. Like she would probably have a double oven. She would probably have her her spices and her ingredients arranged in a specific way to make uh, you know, make cooking much easier. In one of our last minutes we talked about how, you know, she seems to be putting together her her patented uh, cheese puffs like one at a time, but uh, but yeah, and actually, what you said earlier, she does 
before they even go into the um, before they even go into the house, she asks him straight up, "You're not a crazy person, right?" Um, again, passing judgment on his on his disheveled appearance. But you know, he is your serial killer. Exactly. She she puts the blame on them and 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 questions whether makes them question whether they're crazy, and then proceeds to murder them with poisoned uh, cheese puffs. Yeah. And she has long arms, so she could have a lot of reach. All right, man. Well, I think that about brings us to the end of our minute, um, unless you have anything else you'd like to add. Um, she has, like, a cow, uh, like, a, like a, a cow, like, black and white colored uh, kitchen towel. That's really cute. It's always nice, like, when the... I actually like the kitchen scenes because there's so much stuff in the background. Like, when you're in the mansion, there's crazy stuff in, like, the front room, but the majority of the house is kind of barren, and and the and the the quote unquote poor house that these characters live in. There's a lot of stuff going on in sort of the living room, so it kind of gives your eye things to to focus on for a little bit of time if you're trying to sort of ignore the dialogue or you know just sort of look around. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think there's some good stuff to uh, to see. I, I made a joke in a previous episode that we need to do. Um, we need to go back once this is all done and watch the movie second by second and record an episode. In my first minute, I theorized that Duffy is Buddha reincarnated. Actually, that's not a bad idea. And that might explain like some of the weird magic, possibly. Teleporting around. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. All right, well, I think that about wraps it up for this minute. Uh, I want to thank my guest today spencer you're welcome thanks for being here and hopefully you'll be back for another one hope again in a minute where more happens i think that's the that's the thing that everybody hopes for and i don't think that will ever happen everyone will always hope for a minute where something happens and no one will get that minute and thank you guys for listening to a talking cast the a talking cat podcast that nobody ever asked for thanks guys Please remember to check us out on SoundCloud slash A-Talking-Cast, on Twitter at A Talking Cast, on Facebook at Facebook slash A Talking Cast, and check us out on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe to us on there too, please, and leave us a nice review if you would. Bye. See ya. Minute by minute. That's so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The talking cast is about to begin. That was episode 38 of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Josh Hollis, with guest host Spencer Seams. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kovaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. We all miss you, Linda Ahers.